0: The Charlotte Hornets get a win in their season opener. How about the rookie Brandon Miller proving some good things and we'll give out the game ball all today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free. We are available anywhere you get your podcasts. We just talked about the podcasts. We just talked about the podcasts. So I had a reference to the Bobcats. It's an awful start for Locked On Hornets. It's a great start for the actual Charlotte Hornets. Doug, you got in my head already.
1: I'm sorry. PodCats was the original name of this podcast. Uh, this mm. podcast has evolved. It has joined multiple organizations, but it originally started um, in, uh, in Madison, Tennessee, in my mother-in-law's suite, and uh, we called it PodCats because we were talking about Panthers and Bobcats.
0: Terrible name. Shout out to the podcast. Shout out to Madison, Tennessee. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown and use code all lowercase. Locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, that's Doug Branson. He is the co-host of not only the podcast back in the day, but now it is the Locked on Hornets podcast. Everyhornetsboxscore.com. He's already got the notebook out. You can text him. You can text him how good you're feeling about the win on his Please subtext. Do. And uh, you can listen to me on WFNZ rave about the game, some of the players in a moment. WFNZ 12 to 3 every weekday, 92.7 FM. All right, let's give out the game ball. I, this is this is what's overwhelming when there are so many different storylines. We've been waiting all off season for this. How everything was going to look. You could go a bunch of different directions. We knew there were a bunch of storylines heading into this game. So let's dwindle it all down. Dwindle it all
1: down. We don't have to give let's, out one, right? I'm 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 game to give out multiple game balls. I think when you get a big opening season win, yes,
0: no, there's only one ball.
1: Only one. No, ball. no, no. I think there are multiple. I'm going to give out multiple balls. You give out one ball. I'm going to give out as many balls as I like. I'm a one ball guy. You're a two ball guy. That's fine.
0: <laughs> uh, you go first. Who who do you want to give one of your balls to?
1: Uh, I, well, I got to go PJ Washington. I think he was the player of the game. Uh, 25 points uh, was just unstoppable um, inside the arc. Didn't have his three point shot going. Not many people did in this game. Everyone was a little sloppy. Everyone was a little out of rhythm, including the Hawks. I mean, Dejounte Murray, 0 of three from three. Trey Young, one of nine. Lamelo, four of eleven from three. PJ, one of six. But twelve of eighteen overall. Twenty-five points, as I said. Uh, you know, I thought they just could not. They could not stop the float game, and he got in there and rebounded a little bit. Want to see a little bit more from him in that area. Only five rebounds, two assists as well. Um, I just thought he. There were a lot of inconsistencies in this game. But the one consistency is if you gave the ball to P.J. Washington, he was going to do something good with it on the offensive end of the floor. So he gets my he gets my first game ball.
0: Huge, right? Consistent with P.J. That's been the very thing he hasn't been in a lot of Hornets fans' eyes this entire time. And the fact that he wasn't hitting his three ball whatsoever, one of six, and he was still doing nice things offensively. Put the ball on the floor when he needed to, but you didn't have to rely on it like last year with all the injuries. He had a bunch of dunks. He was smart with the basketball, as you mentioned, loved what we got from PJ, the guy that got the old rusty award in the preseason because he just was clanking shots. Yeah, he he was actually slanging. was the one hitting shots inside the three point line, man, game ball for me. People are already <laughs> making fun of me on Twitter about this. I don't care. I'm not alone. I am absolutely not alone in having some love for Mark Williams, some? the center of the future. Yeah, oh, dude, I'll wear all of this. You are not going to degrade me. But, oh, pff, this guy loves Mark Williams. Yes, I love Mark. Yes, shower me with all of the Mark Williams basketball that you possibly can.
1: Okay, why? What did he do in this game that that? Because you were not the only one. I'm not gonna. You're not singled out here. I mean, everyone was gushing about Mark Williams. So, what happened in this game that made people gush?
0: Uh, I don't know. I just like to play it. No, he scored 13 (laughs) points. (laughs) So he scored 13 points. He was five of six from the field, 15 rebounds for Mark, 11 defensive, four offensive rebounds. He had a few steals. The one really nice assist that helped Brandon Miller go on that mini run that he had in the fourth quarter, but defensively right away, like right away, Mark Williams is protecting the rim, getting in the mind of Trey young. I think competing with Clint Capella. Now I know we were talking about this. I think Clint Capella at the end of the game too, there was one moment where he just shoved him with his hip and got a dunk. And that was, I think with about like five or less minutes to go in the game, something like that. But also, you know what Clint Capella used to do to the Hornets? This is a guy that used to shoot a hundred percent. It used to be the joke where, Hey, can we allow a center like Daniel Gafford or Clint Capella? Anybody? to not shoot 90% from the field. And he did it. He did it. Clint Capella didn't shoot 90%. He had 15 points, but he shot six of 10 from the field. Here are his last few games. Clint Capella's last few games against the Hornets. 11 of 17. Okay. Mm -hmm. Five of five, Mm -hmm. six of eight, Mm -hmm. seven of 14. You got to go back to March of 2022 to go back to anything where he was less than what? 70, 80%. I think the 15 rebounds for Mark, the block shots, the defensive, the, the rim protection. Offensively, how about just being a lob threat for Lamelo? I yeah, I love everything we got from Mark Williams, and uh, he's not a perfect player, but love what he gave to the Charlotte Hornets last night to help you believe that this guy is going to be the a real foundation piece going forward. Just
1: like. It was unanimous. Everyone watched Mark Williams last night and they were salivating. And it almost made me wanna it it, like it had nothing to do with Mark Williams. I just saw all of that and I wanted to zag like my natural It's in your very
0: DNA, Doug. It is in your very nature.
1: I know, but here's the thing. Mark Williams is a little bit undeniable. You watch him play, and I'm not going to come on this podcast and zag that hard, but you're right. He's not, he's not a perfect player. There are improvements to make, but here's the thing. Just him as he is right now is such a massive, massive, massive improvement over anything the Hornets have offered at the center position, especially defensively. Less rebounding, but defensively just chasing guards out of the paint. There were so many many and combined with I think a little bit more effort from LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier um, you saw so many opportunities for Trey Young and DeJounte Murray end at the mid-range it didn't go all the way to the rim and they didn't pull up from three when they had the opportunity especially early in the game setting the tone defensively knocking them a little bit out of rhythm and look the the Hawks shot five of 29 from three just a little bit of improvement there for the Hawks, and the Hornets might have been in trouble in this game because of how many turnovers they had. But, but a lot of that lands on the shoulders of Mark Williams, who is, who is not just chasing the guards out of the paint, but making them think twice before they ever get there. It is a fundamental shift in the defense, something that is perfectly aligned with what Steve Clifford wants to execute here, and it was a reason that they won the game, and I think Mark Williams deserves a game ball, Absolutely. All right, so I gave out one. You
0: gave out one. Is there another one you wanted to give out before we move on to the next segment?
1: I'd give one to Steve Clifford because I think that this team showed... Okay. Uh, I think they showed an attitude and an effort uh, that you have to give the coach a little bit of credit for You know, installing or nurturing um, in the offseason. You know, give one to Terry, I think, who uh, was 7 of 16 in this game, didn't have his three-point shot going. But I would say at a crucial point in this game... Around the like th- the end of the first half, when that second bench unit came in, because the first bench unit with uh, Lamelo Ball, Maladon, PJ Miller, and Richards, that lineup got blitzed, and the Hornets were down eleven at that point. Terry comes in with the second bench unit and g- helps save the game. So I think he gets a game ball. But back to the Clifford thing, like there was an adjustment in that second half too, where they put Thor in the game. It, it, off the bench. And I thought that made a difference too. Um, so I just think there were little adjustments in the second half that I think Clifford deserves a game ball as well.
0: All right. Some Clifford love, some Mark Williams love, some PJ Washington love. That's how we'll start off, uh, how we'll start off this show, but there's plenty more love to give around here. And we'll do that in the next segment coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: How did the rookie perform? Brandon Miller, his career debut how did he perform we'll talk about it in just a moment now before i talk about ibotta this episode is brought to you by ibotta and i just want to ask you how does a free thanksgiving sound this year ibotta is here to give you cash back and to help make sure your thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy (laughs) not me especially the brown gravy turkey mashed potatoes i really put it on everything starting november 1st for the fourth year in a row Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers, and then all you have to do after that is upload your receipt. It's that easy. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Download the Ibotta app now. And use code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store. And use code LOCKED. This episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a really fun daily fantasy app. It's the most fun you can have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and then place your entry. You can test your skills on prize picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn that $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown and use code on for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash and use code on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. More Lockdown Hornets coming up next. We gave out a couple of game balls. Mark Williams, PJ Washington, even Steve Clifford. He snuck in there and got a game ball. What about the rookie, Brandon Miller? He, he might deserve one, too, in a lot of people's eyes. Now, LaMelo Ball, we'll get to him tomorrow a little bit more in depth because... LaMelo, that, that's the guy that the Hornets have to get going in order for this to be a feel-good, all-around type of win. There were some yeah. decent things that he did, some not-so-great things, especially in the it's first half.
1: It's interesting. We, we need a whole segment, because his game last night was really interesting, and Clifford was quick with some context. And so, yeah. So make sure yep. you're tuned in tomorrow, because we're going to get all into LaMelo ball tomorrow.
0: Yeah, we learned about uh, even the, the injury timeline, by the way. He dropped that one on us, and we were listening... Uh, me, me and all Smokey at WFNZ. We're looking like, wait, did we know that he was only cleared just recently? Did we know that? We did not. I
1: felt like I heard like hundred percent healthy in like j- July or something. Yeah, this is a little yeah. weird,
0: but it's vet move. Bring it out when he doesn't have a great shooting first half. So vet move. Uh, let's talk about somebody else that didn't have a great shooting first half, but certainly did have a very good shooting fourth quarter. How about Brandon Miller, man? Coming wow. in NBA debut. This is someone that actually was not shooting the three ball well at all in the preseason, but comes in and hits three of his seven three-point attempts. I believe one of those attempts is a half-court, end-of-the-quarter heave. Took it. Already Eric Collins' favorite player. If you take it and you're not worried about your field goal percentage, Eric Collins is going to put you on his favorite player list. Brandon Miller, welcome. But that just goes to show, if you take that away, which you probably should, then that means he shot 50% from the three-point line. 13 points overall, five of nine. Had the nice cut on the back door with LaMelo hitting him for a lob. That was a fun play between two guys you hope are here for a long time. And then the step-back three, here we are questioning big time, right? Some self-creation. Not a lot of putting the ball on the deck, but we don't think he's going to contribute that way in year one all that much. Made his shots, Doug. Strong performance, steady performance from the rookie in last night's game.
1: Yeah, and it was a performance that was more than the the numbers. It, you really, he didn't look like a rookie. He looked a little bit nervous offensively in the first half, but once he hit that passive. first, sh- passive, yeah, for sure. But once he start, once he hit that shot, once he first catch and shoot three, and then he followed that up, by the way, with getting, I think it was a transition play, got Gordon Hayward a good pass. And then uh, followed that up by getting or no, yeah, getting right back on defense and and disrupting a play by Bogey. But I want to talk about a couple of those plays because the back door that he had Bogdanovich total disrespect for the rookie. Like if you look at his defensive positioning, he was standing right under the rim while Brandon Miller was almost all the way in the corner, and Brandon Miller recognized it immediately and, and like had time to like point up in the air to Lamelo Ball and get the lob easily. Like total disrespect from the Atlanta defense. It's either uh, but,
0: disrespect or just flat-out incompetence because what what are you doing? What are you accomplishing? I know he's a
1: rookie, but line? you got to know like you got to read the scouting report and say, "Hey, this Miller kid is is all right. He was number 2 overall for a reason, like crazy." But the the step the the leaner 3 that he hit off of one dribble um in yeah. in the fourth quarter, you know, I mean, in crunch time, he he played meaningful minutes and hit meaningful shots. I don't know what more you could ask. From any rookie, um, and you know he's not you, obviously his role on the team is not guy who's going to get the ball a ton and like put up huge numbers in the box score. I think some people, maybe some more casual fans, look at you know when a team drafting a guy number two overall, and maybe they want to see more than thirteen points. Maybe they want to see more than two assists or three rebounds. But the fact is, he was doing things all over the floor with his defense, with his length, with his passing, with his just recognition of the the game of basketball at a professional level that was excellent and will help this team win. He made winning plays. Yeah, here's, I think
0: what you saw last night was a real representation of how he's going to help this team in year one because with Brandon Miller, you draft him number two overall in order to be able to do everything. That's the archetype. The six-nine guy that can handle the basketball, create his own shot, create for others. That's why you draft him number two overall. It doesn't mean that any of those top picks have to do it in year one. And so when you're talking about this guy in year one of his NBA career, hitting those types of shots where Lamella Ball can set you up. I mean, Doug, the, the offensive responsibility, okay, it probably starts with LaMelo, Terry Rozier, PJ Washington had the most shot attempts of anybody last night. Mm -hmm. Gordon Hayward is going to be, you know, only eight attempts, but Gordon Hayward is going to have a lot of responsibility. Miles Bridges, when he comes back, probably moves up to two or three at the very worst. So Brandon's gonna be the first guy off of the bench. That that's that's what it is. Like what, sixth, fifth in offensive responsibility yeah. with Mark, getting all the trash points, the rolls, the lobs, you get the idea. So with Brandon, he did what you want him to do last night. Like he did shot, more than that.
1: He did more than that, Walker. He, you know, why? Because and and Clifford talked about this after the game. The self confidence of Brandon Miller. He started what he started one and five. Like he hit that first shot and then missed a couple. Yeah, and
0: missed a lot of threes.
1: Right, and so for for a rookie. Like, you could easily go back to the bench at some point and go, man, I just don't have it tonight. Well, this NBA game, is it's getting a little ahead of me. Instead, he hit two three-pointers, and his last one was a go-ahead bucket. The Hornets never sacrificed the lead after that, with 420 left in the fourth quarter. I mean, I just can't ask a rookie to do any more than that, to come off the bench after going one of five and to still have the confidence to go out there and knock down. Some of these were tough. I mean, that first three that he hit uh, was, a, was, a was a deep three. yeah Yeah, I mean over a decent contest from Bogdanovich and so yeah I mean I just just love that there's so many rookies that have come through this program that would have gone one of five and then just shut up and then just not taking another shot faded into the background that is not Brandon Miller he looked excellent
0: no and and so but this is what I'm saying I guess just like about the contributions it's you you see the shots that he hits it's Cutting somebody making a play, Mark Williams, Brandon Miller finding space in the defense, Mark Williams hitting him, making a play. The time where he takes a dribble and does a step back that's the oh, there's the special part of Brandon Miller's game. The coming across the top of the key and then hitting a three in the fourth quarter, a part of that eight point stretch. Like th- those are winning plays from what is going to be a role player essentially this season. Right. You, you can't be fifth or sixth on the offensive load on this team on the offensive load totem pole. But this is somebody that proves that, okay, when I come in off of the bench, I'll carry a lot of it. And then when I play with the starters, I know exactly what I need to do. And so I think now this it's funny, man, you talk about a guy that you draft at two overall, not only do you want him to be the star, like we all want him to be a superstar all-star at that high of a draft pick. But this year you do kind of go out and you get your role player in free agency. It, it, even when we're poking Mitch Kupchak saying, do something, do something in free agency. Yes. We'd still like him to do that. I'm not taking that away, but you do get someone that we all discussed. Isn't going to fail. He's he's too good to absolutely fail. How high you think his ceiling is that's going to be up for debate anytime, but this year right away, too good to fail and too good of a contributor immediately.
1: And the first rookie that I can remember in a long time that doesn't have like a significant weakness in his game, I mean, and that's what you look for when you're talking about future perennial All Stars and All NBA players. When you're talking about yeah. Brandon Miller's idol, Paul George, and in his prime, and and these guys that are making All Stars every year and All NBAs every year, they don't have a significant weakness in their game, and they can do a lot of different things. We saw Brandon uh, knock down tough threes off the catch and shoot. He got his. He got. He made space for himself in that corner three that he hit late in the game. He was throwing lobs. He was catching lobs. He was defending well on on a lot of these pick and roll situations that he was thrown into. <laughs> Just like, like you know, there are there are going to be improvements in his game. But if this is where we're starting, if this is where we're starting with Brandon Miller, you got to be excited about that.
0: Yeah, I man. Brandon Miller strong. Uh, the young players. How about that? You know, Mark Williams, Brandon Miller. Coming in and proving that, you know what? You just might have a core. You just might have a core for this team going
1: forward. All right. <laughs> <I'm> talking core. <laughs> a little core talk. I love a little core talk. Woo,
0: a little core talk. More right. core. <laughs> <laughs> More core. Make the t-shirt. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: Let's get to the rest of our takeaways that we saw last night in that win against the Hawks. Not before I talk about FanDuel. This episode's brought to you by FanDuel. You could snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, it doesn't matter. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders. Even more than that, visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. More Lockdown Hornets ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry, Doug. I got to bring up a play. I'm not done talking about Mark Williams. I'm oh, sorry. My God. I'm sorry. I'm not done. I'm not done. Uh, we didn't even mention one of the cooler things in basketball that happened because of Mark Williams. The dude caught a shot attempt. Just flat out grabbed Trey Young's shot attempt with one hand and then off to the other end of the court. We go. It's one of the coolest plays in basketball because it's hard to fathom. Wait, not only do you not only block it, but you're telling me that you grabbed it? Yeah, man. That play, that's going to live in my mind for a while. By the way, Mark Williams making Trey Young uh, look silly a couple times. Remember it was the Trey Young three-point block that he had last year? This year he catches a shot. I mean, Trey Young... there's a reason that he shot so poorly in this game. You mentioned that already in the first segment, but yeah, man, Mark Williams showing Trey Young what's up a couple times already.
1: And I know this wasn't an away game, but I really do feel like, again, I'm looking at the box score and I just feel like Mark Williams had more than a block and he had a couple steals. And I just feel like one of those steals was probably a block that the scores Wait, st- is that
0: block a rebound or a block that I'm talking about?
1: I don't even know. It's it's tough to score Mark Williams because again that length is so crazy and and I think that needs a name and, and it's not like Mark Williams isn't the first person to do it. It happens uh, you know a couple of times every season where a guy is such a good shot blocker that he snatches the ball out of the air in a block attempt and it's a snatch. It's not a snatch. It's not a block. It's a schnock maybe or a uh, blatch. I think schnock sounds cool. I think I think it could be a schnock. You know, sounds too
0: close to snot. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs>
1: All right, we'll work
0: on it. We'll have to. We'll have to work on it. We'll have to work on it. But yeah, just another play from Mark Williams I thought was sweet. So we well, you
1: know, on. another one that, on that I I think we've forgotten as well is that I mean, you just don't expect a center to be able to like read the floor as well as Mark Williams does and pass. And there was a play that he hit Miller on a reverse layup and he like fake twice to get the guys off of him and then was patient <laughs> enough to wait. What? Well, you talked what, about what that
0: twice. I actually, you know what's funny? I actually mentioned that play twice. Really? I actually talked. You really don't listen. (laughs) You just don't listen to me. You just don't. You mentioned it twice? No, no way. You mentioned it twice? In the Mark Williams praise, I talked about that pass when you asked, what did he do? You asked me the question. You did. You asked me the question, (laughs) what did he do that impressed you? I told you, and you didn't listen to it. Oh, I'm, great at, I'm, great I, I'm, I'm great at I'm great at asking questions. I'm the great at asking questions. I'm great at asking questions. Brandon cut, and I told you Mark Williams finds them, and Brandon just finds space, complimenting Brandon Miller, but also complimenting Mark. So yes, I mentioned that play twice in two different segments, by the way, two different times.
1: I'm great at asking questions. I'm I'm less great at listening to the answers. <laughs>
0: it's, it's okay, man. We're feeling good. We like Mark. We like Brandon Miller. It's all very good. Um, okay, if if you had more game balls, maybe like the small Papa shot game balls, not the actual real evolution everybody wants to play with on an indoor court ball. Who gets the Papa shot ball? A couple of those uh, outside of the guys that we already talked about.
1: Well, I mean, I think a number of guys made, made plays, especially late in the game. And, and the one guy that we didn't talk about when we were doing our sort of rotation projections is a guy that we thought was going to be injured, and that was Teo Maladone, who ends up being your ninth guy. Like, as this rotation shook out. Uh, we were trying to figure out who's going to be 9 and 10. I guess technically Nick Smith Jr. did become the 10th man, but he only played 43 seconds right at the end of the first half and mm-hmm. then was never seen it again back in the middle. Oh, carton. Borrego was
0: proud. Borrego liked that one.
1: <laughs> it's a classic Borrego putting a guy in for 43 seconds and then never seeing him again. Nick Richards was the favorite of Borrego to do that. Uh, so I think we'll see Burton a little Carey,
0: bit. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt again. Vernon Carey says, wait a minute. I am okay. the one. He liked to do that, too. Yeah, and then P.J. Washington would come in after not starting and then play 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think we will see a little bit of Nick Smith Jr., especially if, if a lead uh, grows comfortable or they need a little bit more offense or they're down a lot. I think there will be opportunities for Nick Smith Jr. to play, but it's obvious Clifford is shortening uh, the rotation and Teo uh comes off the injured list and doesn't play at all in preseason and play significant minutes in this one. And, you know, I thought did a decent job of tracing chasing Trey Young around on the defensive end of the floor. It was weird to see LaMelo and Maladon out there at the same time. But, I, I mean, Walker, I'm not sure that Clifford has much of a choice at this point. I mean, he's missing he's missing Frank Milakina. You're missing um, some other wing players as well that would have slotted in at that two position. Uh, you're missing Cody Martin. You're missing Bryce McGowans, who could have played a little combo 2-3. Um, so yeah, I don't know that really he had much of a choice, but to play either LaMelo ball or Terry with, with Maladon.
0: Well, look, man, I like Tao good player belongs in the NBA. So four to one assist to turnover ratio last night. That's another fancy way of saying he had four assists and one turnover, but I like acting like it's a large sample size, but yeah, this is what Tao does. He takes care of the basketball. I don't love him shooting. He hasn't been a great three-point shooter, but if you're talking about emergency point guard or even just being a part of the rotation a little bit as you're uh, – I mean, emergency makes it sound like he's way too far down the bench. He's further up than that, but I trust him. And by the way, T-shirt Maladon, love me some T-shirt Maladon. Just like not the tight-fitting <laughs> Under no, no, no. Armour T-shirt either. I like the Patrick Ewing style – I'm just gonna go out there and play like I'm out there on the court in the uh local apartment complex
1: well that's that's my look when I played in like the church rec leagues because if yes. i wore if I wore like you know a jersey or whatever it it would chafe this area you know it chafe the nips a little bit, and so i I wanted to wear well, a t- shirt to make sure you know you don't want a situation when you're trying to knock down a shot late in the game. you don't want a situation where you got the scratchy pepperoni so That was- you're squinting. You're squinting your eyes for the listeners. Walker, <laughs> gri- like visibly grimaced when I said "scratchy pepperoni."
0: That was um, that was one of the more disturbing things you've said. Usually I laugh and just take it all in stride. That was one I was not prepared for. But yes, t-shirt. It's the third Maladon. segment,
1: baby. It's a third segment. You got to drop yeah. it in for the sickos. Um, another another mini-game ball I'll give to Gordon Hayward, who uh, was 4 of 8 from the field, efficient, didn't hit his three-point shot, but again, everybody was, was missing from three. Ten points, eight rebounds, three of those offensive rebounds, seven assists, a steal, and a block. He was filling up the box score. Here's the thing, though. Six turnovers, man. I mean, he's got to cut down on these turnovers. Yep. This was a thing last season, too. He was turning the basketball over a lot. Most of them coming on... Him trying to drive and create space for himself in the mid range, got to protect the basketball. Nineteen turnovers for the Hornets. Um, again, if the if the Hawks had shot just a little bit better, you and I are probably talking about an opening not, opening night loss.
0: Yeah, um, and to be fair, the Hornets didn't shoot well, and they have a million turnovers. But you're right, that that very well could have happened. Two things I wanted to mention. I think we've gone too long, and this is you know this is your boy Doug. We should have talked about Terry Rogier already. We just were, so there's only so much time in a podcast. We wanted to talk about the young guys. Terry Rogier, how about going to the foul line and shooting 12 free throw attempts, hitting eight of them? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought when the Hornets were doing a horrible job attacking the rim with physicality and strength, okay? I thought that that just was not a part of their game. Terry said, screw all that. I'm not going to try to shoot the basketball from my hip. I'm not going to just settle for three-pointers anymore. I'm going to try to make something happen. And it doesn't mean that he sacrificed the three-ball completely. He shot seven attempts, only made two. Not a great shooting night. Not terrible, terrible. But I just thought there were a couple times where Terry took it strong to the rack, hit five two-point field goals, got to the foul line, 12 attempts. That's a ton. That's a ton of free-throw attempts. And Steve Clifford praised him. Terry Rozier played the most minutes of anybody on the team. Thought this was a... Very nice, grown-up Terry game where he's not going to get that. It, it's not for a bad box score either. He scored 24 points, one off of PJ's game high for the team. It's just Terry was taking care of stuff that he needed to last night. So real big shout-out to uh, Scary Terry. It was spooky season.
1: Oh, yeah, we saw a little mini scary shuffle into the corner. Didn't go all the way into the corner, but hit the hit the leaner. The leaner is meaner when Terry Rozier is, is taking it, and uh, he looked good. He got to his right hand. I mean, look. If you're a team playing the Charlotte Hornets, the scouting report for Terry Rozier, like first line has to be do not let Terry get to his right hand because if he does, he's just deadly. Like if he gets in the paint and and he's got some breathing room with his right hand, he's going to make that shot or he's going to get fouled. And you look at the four attempts that he made, all from the right side. Um, and and even the one that he hit that was kind of baseline on the left side, he was able to get free enough, get off his man enough to shift it back over to his right hand uh, to hit that to hit that little floater. So, you know, I mean, this was a fail. It, this was a success on Terry Rozier's part. There's no doubt about that. He took command in a in a portion of the game. Again, especially late in that first half, where it could have been a 15 to 20 point deficit going into the halftime. It, it legitimately could have been because yeah. Atlanta was starting to feel it. And, and Terry Rozier came in with that second bench unit and started to cook. And he took that into the, the uh, first part of the second half as well. And, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're the Atlanta Hawks defense, you definitely failed uh, to limit Terry Rozier because um, he had it going.
0: Small mention, 34 assists last night, a lot. I believe James Plowright on Twitter said that the Hornets only had 34 assists once last year. So, or anything more than, and 28, if you remember when they led the league in assist a couple of years ago, they averaged 28. You look in the box score, you see 34. That's a wow number. You had 10 for LaMelo. You had seven for Gordon Hayward, six for Terry Rozier. Teo had four. Yeah, like ball movement. We, I did think ball movement was going to be better, in part because of Brandon Miller, by the way. Mark Williams can pass, too, an underrated part of his game. We saw it, too, Brandon Miller on that play you didn't hear me talk about. So, ball movement, excellent last night. And when they knocked down, it's crazy to think that they got 34 assists with having an under 30% three-point percentage, too. Like impressive. Nuts. Because those yeah. are
1: the easy assists in the NBA now, yeah. right? I mean, that's you know, it's the kick out to the corner. That, that, that's the shot that they were not hitting. And that's, to me, why it wasn't just about ball movement. It was about body movement. Guys were moving. Guys were cutting. Everyone was committed to that, which was a stark difference from their final preseason game against the Boston Celtics, where I noted in, in my notes that the body movement wasn't there, and and it was causing, uh, it was causing turnovers. It was causing Boston to uh, to you know get their defense set and and really like you know. Uh, disrupt things offensively, and so I think that game, that last preseason game, was a wake-up call. They went back to the drawing board. They had a few days to get some things figured out. And Atlanta's defense, they're on ball defense, in that first half was really good too, and it was causing a lot of turnovers. They recovered well in that second half, but everybody was moving around, and, and I think that's going to be you know something that has to be a focus for the Charlotte Hornets team. Got to be a lot of cutting and, and movement because I don't think like. I don't think they're going to shoot 29% from three every single game, but this I just don't think this is a team that can depend solely on its three-point shooting to generate offense. It has got to get in the paint, and that's going to require guys to move constantly.
0: All right, the notes that Doug was talking about can be found on his Substack, EveryHornetsBoxScore dot com. You can also find him on Twitter at Doug Branson L O H. Who has one more announcement before we end things today?
1: Well, this episode was brought to you by FanDuel, so we can't get away here without um, you know commenting oh, yes. on our bet the buzz I segment. Bet the buzz. yes. <laughs> so we bet the buzz is uh, for those that are just tuning in. It's a new segment where uh, we pull ping pong balls out of a, a duffel bag, and the ping pong balls tell us how to bet on the the Charlotte Hornets game. And so it was me. It was Walker. It was David Walker also participated in bet the buzz. And all three of us lost our bets. You took the over. Nice. Uh, that didn't look good uh, because the offense wasn't Got there Closer the than team. I thought.
0: To be honest, we we, we were inching there, but yeah, big
1: enough. fourth quarter for both teams scoring wise. Yeah, they both got above thirty five, so that helped. Um, but no over. And then uh, David uh, was tractor trader. He had to bet on the Hawks. They lost, and they were they were giving points and then uh mine was a three team parlay that began with LaMelo Ball hitting the first shot. Walker, he took the first shot. I mean there was it was a floater, it was almost there for me and it went begging. They also didn't hit the over. So, my parlay. You, you know, goes when, to bed. when
0: you have a first shot in a parlay, I mean, your night is <laughs> This is going how we win in the first minute and a half of what you know, however it was long so it takes. It's so close. Yeah, that is a that is a stress-filled minute and a half, depending on how much money you have on the parlay. Did you hit on the other two? uh, No, because I was I was
1: over. I was over. It was the ultimate homer bet because it was LaMelo ball hitting the first shot. It was over and it was Hornets win. So I hit the Hornets win part. The other two. No, no luck. So we all go down to we started with twenty five. We all lost a buck. We're down to twenty four. Uh, We're playing for charity. Charity's not happy right now. Uh, We're losing money for charity. I promise we care about you. I promise. I hope we're not so bad that we just have to take money from charity. At some point, we may just have to like... Oh, God. (laughs)
0: Look, I'm sorry. This is the deal. I'm sorry. Hey, listen.
1: A bet's a bet. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah, now now the awkward part is going to be thinking about how much we need to donate when we do have zero dollars in our balance, and we you know because we can't just not donate anything. All right, that's a tomorrow problem. We we have a win today. We'll figure that out down the line. So I told you to check out Doug Substack, Score dot com. Check me out, West and Walker Mail on Wesson Walker W F N Z every weekday from twelve to three p.m. We will continue to recap this Charlotte Hornets win. One more thing to check out. Game-to-game NBA. Make us your first listen. We appreciate that. Now make game-to-game NBA your second listen. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On has you covered in a way that only the Locked On Podcast Network can. All right, tomorrow we'll talk about LaMelo Ball, dive a lot deeper into his game. I thought there were a lot of things to discuss with the Mm -hmm. star of this franchise. So have a great rest of your day, and then we'll be back with you tomorrow to talk LaMelo.
1: More core! More core!